Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. What you're looking at here is episode 104 of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. It is Q&A Thursday. I have a truckload of wedding Q&A, wedding questions, and I'm going to answer them, I'm hoping, in a constructive and yet hopefully entertaining way. <laughs> That's my real goal of the podcast, to be entertaining, but also to have some key takeaways, as they would say in a business management course. What are your key takeaways today? My key takeaways are that I want you to be entertained, and I want you to be helped not to be stressed, and I want you to feel good about yourself, okay? I really probably should have gone into that sort of career. I do think I lack some scamming ability that might go along with that. Although, hey, motivational people are great. Just not the ones that go, I'm going to tell you how to live your life if you give me $10,000. So that's where I'm at with that. Episode 104, lots, as I said, lots of Q&A questions are coming in. Very much appreciate you and your patience because if I could do a Q&A episode a day, I would be able to fill it easily. But I don't really have physically the time to do that. One day, perhaps, maybe if you want me to do a daily show, we can work on that. That's a big call I've just put out there. Rich will probably lose his mind. Okay, the first, I'm going to jump into it. Are you cool with that? I mean, I've got things to say, but as I said, I've got so many to answer. I feel like I just need to jump in. So because she's got a great name, I'm picking you first, Alicia. She's written to me uh, via the Facebook message, which you can do if you don't want to send an email. Follow the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook page and click the message. Hey, Alicia, my wedding is still a year and a half away, but I feel myself in a bit of a pickle with my current co-maid of honor's current beau. Okay, so this is the co-maid of honor, her boyfriend. They have been, oh no, off again, on again for over a year. He's cheated. She's moved out. Crikey's. I've only met him once and I have, and she's written in capitals, very strong dislike towards him. His slimy face is the last thing I want to see on the day I commit to be faithful to my love forever. Alicia goes on to say, if all of my other friends are allowed to bring a plus one for their boyfriends, how do I tell her she can't bring hers? I definitely do want to say something, right? Love you. Thank you. Oh, Alicia, I've started with the hard one because I like a challenge. I really do like a challenge. Alicia, here's the thing. I, what are you thinking? (laughs) Because I really want to, I really want to say what I think here, which is why you're listening, but I'm nervous. I just want you to know I'm just fiddling with a small thing on the table here. I'm feeling nervous about telling it like it is because my heart says, good for you. Fuck him. He sounds like a dickhead. He sounds like a real jerk and he is too good for your friend because that's the sort of friend I am. And that opinion has gotten me in lots of trouble over the years when my girlfriends have (laughs) have broken up with boyfriends and I've gone, that crap, he was, I don't want to say this, but when you first started going out with him, he touched my ass and... Well, actually, that never happened because I would have said to the friend, that's 
rewind that little pretend anecdote. I've had friends where I've just gone, I got a bad vibe from this guy from day one. I really tried to accept him because you seem to really like him. And I told them this. And of course, cliche, cliche, cliche. They got back together. I look like a tool. They're now married. And he knows that I don't like him. This has happened. I'm sure it's happened to you. And I've learned to sort of, unless things feel really wrong, I've learned to stifle the feeling slightly because I'm sure there are heaps of people out there that don't like me. I'm sure. I know. Who doesn't like me? That does remind me of this little scene from Seinfeld with Jerry's mum. Morty, do you hear this? Some crazy guy is after Jerry. I'll make a few phone calls. Who are you going to call? What are you worried about? I want to know what you did to this guy that he's after you. I didn't do anything. Well, you must have done something. No, he just doesn't like me. Doesn't like you? How could anyone not like you? No, it seems impossible. Doesn't, doesn't like you? How could that be? Ma, I know this may be hard for you to understand, but I'm sure there are many people who do not like me. <gasps> Jerry, don't say that. It's true. No, it isn't. It's not true. You're a wonderful, wonderful boy. Everybody likes you. It's impossible not to like you. Impossible. Morty? Maybe some people don't like him. I can see that. <laughs> Kramer? Yeah, I like him. There's never an inappropriate time for a Seinfeld quote. Can I just say that? Alicia, okay, going back to it, your question is all about can you not invite this guy? So here it is. If you are clearly a very good friend with this girl, you know, I'm really struggling with this. I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, I just went so confident before going, I would tell her that you don't like him. Oh, am I a bad person? No, you're not a bad person. I'm just talking to myself here. I'm draw- I want to give you the right advice. My gut is if you use the term his slimy face, you clearly have some serious beef with this bloke. Yet on the other hand, if your friend really likes him and they're serious, even taking into consideration he sounds like a massive loser, then you don't want to cause shit with her if, you know, she's happy. I'm just doing a bit of a verbal pros and cons here. Just bear with me. What are you thinking, other listeners, besides Alicia? Because I feel like he doesn't make you feel good. I always bring it home that you shouldn't have anyone at your wedding that you have to have a fake smile with to say, hello, it's so good to see you. Can you feel my fake smile? You don't want any of that shit. But also you don't want to devastate your friend. Now, I don't want to take into consideration his his infidelities and anything like that because people do make mistakes. People can be idiots and then they can build themselves back up again. Clearly, I don't know. I'm with you on this. I, he doesn't sound great. Yes, in comparison to other friends, you can't really be handing out the plus ones to other friends if, you know, this guy isn't invited. I do think you're going to have to have a hard conversation with your friend. I've just worked it through. This is where I'm at. I think you need to sit down with your girlfriend and you need to say exactly that. This is going to go one of two ways. One is she's going to go, thank you so much for your honesty. She's probably not going to say this, but in her heart later on, she might go, you know what? Yeah, you are being protective. You're being a wonderful friend. You got to, you have to voice this nicely. You have to be neutral, Sally, and say, he doesn't make me feel very good. I'm really not happy with the way he treated you in the past. And I don't feel that comfortable in his presence. 
she may accept that and go, you're being a great friend. I get it. I still really love him, but I will leave him at home that day. Or she might go feral. And if she goes feral, you need to let her have a bit of a cool down and you need to be able to again go back and say, I'm doing this because I care for you. And also, I really want this to be a fun, great day. And I'm sorry that he doesn't make me feel very good. And I'm worried that he doesn't make you feel very good. And perhaps it would be best we, I don't want this to upset us and our relationship, but perhaps it would be best if he stayed on the couch at home on the day. <laughs> Please, I'd love your feedback on this, on my feedback, because I feel I am a good friend and I feel I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, Alicia. And if I had a friend that I thought was a bit of a top bird, as my dad would say, as a top chick and who was unfortunately a bit into a guy that isn't tops himself, then it's sort of hard to see. It's hard to look at. And I know we're taking it from the perspective of you, but I think with a way to approach this and, and you and who you want at your wedding, but the way to approach this and probably the nicest way to approach this is to have that conversation with her about how, you know, you're worried. God, I'm sorry. I haven't actually had a problem answering a Q&A question in 104 episodes. And this is the one that's truly stumped me. It really has. I have to redo the press release. Alicia sometimes answers people's questions on Thursday's wedding Q&A question. <laughs> Tweet me, would you, with your... I just want to hear what you have to think. You have to think, you have to say, your feelings about my response, your feelings about Alicia's issues. Are you in the similar position? Hashtag it, invite him. Or don't invite him. I don't know if that'll work. Let's give it a crack. Let's see what happens. And I'll share the responses in the next Q&A episode. Alicia, thanks for asking me the question. Sorry for my lackluster. Well, not lackluster, just indecisive response. I don't know the right thing to do here. The lovely, lovely Lisa has uh, shared a question with me. And I love the subject line. It's include humor in a wedding. First of all, I love your podcast. It's like the Bible of wedding planning. It has made it all the way to Sweden. Ah, oh, yay. Uh, I have a question. I'm getting married next summer to a lovely man. He is the funniest guy I've ever met, and he makes me laugh every day, which is one of the things I love the most about him. See, that's great. That's really great. It's very important to me that our wedding day reflects the both of us, but in capitals, he tries to include humor in every aspect of the day. And don't misunderstand me. I do want to have fun, but I want it to be romantic and pretty as well. I don't want funny music to be playing at the ceremony, and I don't want our groomsmen to wear fake mustaches, swords, and hi-hats. I've told him this, and he's cool about it, but he understands what I mean. But at the same time, I feel like I keep crushing his ideas, and I really want to make the day about both of us. Do you have any examples of how we could include humor in our wedding day without turning it into a comedy? Thank you. Okay, well, look, great question, Lisa. Because as you would know, humor and comedy is a huge part of my life. I mean, it's all about trying for us when we were planning. It was all about trying to include our sense of humor in our wedding day. Because like you, uh, Lisa, it is a really big part of our relationship. We're idiots. We're buffoons. We regularly make each other laugh like mentalists. 
And that's what I love about my relationship with Rich. And I think he would say the same thing about me. So I totally can get where you're coming from. And actually, the biggest thing, and I'm sure you've heard Josh Withers, my lovely friend, who's a celebrant, who's been on the show quite a few times now, sort of say a lot of people really neglect their true personalities when it comes to especially planning the wedding ceremony. And whether you're getting married in a church or at the top of a high-rise building, whether it's religious or whether it's a civil service or ceremony, there is no harm in adding a little bit of your own pizzazz and panache into the ceremony. And that could mean adding, like we did, a humorous reading, or it could mean adding a more of a, a fun touch to the actual the actual ceremony itself. There is nothing to stop you from speaking to your minister and speaking to your registrant or celebrant and asking them to tweak it to be a little lighter and to add that special touch. Now, don't really think that you are lacking in the idea of humor. You're asking for us to find maybe some balance when it comes to where to inject the humor and how to do it, because it seems like your partner has lots of ideas. I don't necessarily think I need to see groomsmen in mustaches and top hats either, unless you're having some sort of, I don't know, uh, themed wedding that maybe is a Jane Eyre or something like that, but it's probably not appropriate for what you're doing in Sweden. Maybe it is. I don't know. I just find that at the moment, and some people are going to agree with me and some people will disagree with me, there is a lot of pre-planned shit that's happening in weddings that seems to be done so it just gets viral, so it's going to make BuzzFeed. And I don't necessarily think that's the way to go about planning your wedding day. I'm all up for creating fun videos and going to great lengths to choreograph things. But I also think that some people are going all out to create a spectacle and something that will be reshared a million times on the internet, not necessarily for the good of the wedding day. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. You could be going, you're just a silly old ninny, Alicia. People are just trying to have fun and entertain their guests. But also, like you're saying, Lisa, there is a point that it turns into a show rather than your wedding day. So again, you've got to pick your moments where you can inject humor, or something, an element of surprise for your audience, for your guests, perhaps. But also funny dances and elaborate speeches and stuff. They've got its place. They've got their places, absolutely, but it's a matter of trying to pace them and not necessarily make it all about getting people to roll around on the floor or take it too far when people are just like, ugh, this is enough. You know, like this is, there's always someone that does something funny and then just repeats it a hundred times. And you're like, if I fucking hear that joke, if you do that one more time, I'm going to smash you in the face. And I think as a comedian, my biggest advice to people is especially when something's funny is to let people enjoy the laugh you enjoy them enjoying the laugh and then walk away don't bring it home too much don't repeat the joke too much make be cool just be cool be cool i don't want to state the obvious here but i do think a lot of times guys use humor as a method of covering up potentially feelings 
that are maybe not embarrassing, I don't want to say that, but, uh, you know, um, emotional times in their lives that they can use humor to cover up how they're really feeling. I'm not suggesting your partner's doing this. I think he just wants to put on a show and make it great for everyone. But also sometimes men especially will use that to try and cover up this feeling of going, oh my gosh, this is a momentous occasion. I don't want to cry in front of people or I don't want to show people how much I'm truly affected by this. So, just be aware that that might be a mechanism that he's sort of trying to use as a way of perhaps downplaying how incredible this all is. Lisa, I definitely think you should both sit down and even do a little chart, a timeline of some of the fun, entertaining things that your partner would like to add to the wedding. And if that's maybe a humorous reading or or perhaps you are going to do a dance. I don't know. Whatever you choose to do is completely your bag. Perhaps you would like to put maybe on the tables some a fun quiz or something that's a bit more your style. Maybe you want to add a bit of the humor into the decorations. Maybe you share a book or a TV show. Like, I mean, I am still yet to see the Seinfeld bloody wedding. I still want to see that. Or, a, a you know, a Curb Your Enthusiasm wedding, which is probably... <laughs> oh, that would make me giggle just thinking of a Curb Your Enthusiasm wedding. That would be amazing. But adding your sense of humor, things that you admire, maybe you've got some an author that you both really share. There could be pop culture that you could add into it. I don't know who the big comedians are in Sweden. I should certainly look. Um, that's that's my sort of feelings about it. You you need to come into it from not the perspective that you're raining on his parade because it's your parade together and you should choose how you want this amazing parade to be and it shouldn't just be a laugh fest. It's not an Edinburgh comedy festival show. It's your wedding. Good luck and let me know how you go. I love a laugh. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you to take it the wrong way that I'm saying remove all humor. But you know, you just done with the moustache, top hat shit. Fuck that off. I did a stand-up show once in uh, my hometown of Hobart in Australia and we were doing, I was with my friend Dan, we were doing a sort of two-hander show and we invited um, our friends and family along. It was in a lovely theatre. It was great. We had a really good night. But my in-laws brought along their neighbour and she is a cracking older lady quite opinionated and ballsy and after the show she came up to me she waited you know there were people talking she was very polite waited a turn and then came up and went Alicia I really enjoyed the show but there's no need for all that swearing and then just sort of wandered off and um I very much admire her but I fucking love the swearing and it's funny on stage I think swearing is very effective at certain times. I don't swear all the time. I'm not just like getting on there going, motherfucker, this, motherfucker, that. But it can surprise people, especially when you see me. I think also that, you know, a lot of guys don't expect women to swear. Well, you know where you can shove that. I do enjoy people quoting my various swears back to me on Twitter. It always makes me giggle. I don't remember saying that, but clearly I have. Clearly I have. I'm still receiving some wonderful responses to the Save the Date 100th episode survey. It is still open and I still welcome you to fill it out because I'm going to continue to share some of your answers 
with the survey because they're fantastic and it's really making me see where I want to take the podcast and also in my next book that I'll be writing in all my spare time uh, that's going to help form the basis of the book. So thank you so much uh, to all the people who have already taken the survey. If you are yet to do it, visit savethedatepodcast.com and you'll see the survey link at the top of the page. I wanted to share a couple more responses with you. The first big question I asked on the survey, in which I think actually I received the most interesting and varied results, were a really, really simple question, and that is, what is your biggest challenge you are currently facing when planning your wedding day? And the lovely cat wrote and she said, I'm struggling most with detaching myself from tradition and expectations of other people. I want my wedding to be personal and authentic and not directed by traditions that come from dodgy origins, such as not seeing the bride before the wedding in case she scares off the groom. And that got me thinking, Kat. We do blindly follow a lot of these traditions, and I always bang on about finding new traditions, but maybe we need to learn a little bit about where the original traditions came from to get rid of them. So, now it's time for Very Silly Wedding Traditions. I got a robot to do that. I'm very happy with myself. I didn't think it was worth bothering Cara Lee, my official voiceover lady, to do one thing like that, but you know. Robots will eventually do all of our work. So, as I said, very silly wedding traditions. I don't say, I'm not saying all of the wedding traditions are silly and not worthy of our time, but I think we should try and understand where they come from and then decide whether we want to do them or not. So, like Kat was saying, she really doesn't buy into the idea of not seeing each other before the wedding. And the superstition, if you don't realize why we traditionally don't see our betrothed before the weddings, the superstition dates way back to a time when it was arranged marriages, when people didn't see each other before the wedding because they didn't know who they were marrying. It was completely random draw. Well, their families had probably arranged it. So they didn't want the people seeing each other before the wedding because they didn't want one of the other people ditching out on the whole affair. They wouldn't want to go, oh, she's not my bag. I'm going to leave now. Or he is not what I was hoping for in a life partner. I wish he had teeth. I'm going to get lost. So that's where that comes from. Many... Many couples now, although of course we do still have societies and cultures that have successful arranged marriages, some quite unsuccessful, but it is important to remember that that tradition comes from a time when no one saw each other at all. So that is where that very silly wedding tradition comes from. That is one tradition I think is completely unnecessary to have to see through if you don't want to. I'm going to be honest with you, Rich and I saw each other about three hours before the wedding because we slept in the same bed before. It was quite nice to have a little snuggle before our wedding day. And then we got up and, you know, set up and saw our friends together. We wanted to share that morning with the people that we loved that had come all the way to spend the day with us. So I don't really think it's going to be any different if you don't then just part ways for a couple of hours or the morning to go and get ready. It's not going to curse you. Don't buy into that bullshit. It doesn't exist. Just chill. Do what you want to do, not what a silly superstition says. I think I'll do more of those maybe next time. I will find another silly superstition that we don't talk about very much. We just do with our eyes closed. We just follow the sheep. 
Clearly, you are a bride chiller and you're not a sheep follower. You're a black sheep, perhaps, in a good way. Ooh, I like that. Black, black sheep bride... Uh, there you go. There's a vocal warm-up. Black sheep bridezilla. That is you, my lovely friend. Now, I um, asked a couple of weeks ago if you would leave me a voice message, if you have a question, a comment, a thought... And I was so delighted that the evening that my Q&A, last Q&A went out, I get home and I check my emails and bing, bing, there were two voicemails left for me. Now, I'm going to share one of them this week and I'm going to give you another one next week. Please use this wonderful medium. At the moment, um, I am taking messages up to a minute and a half, but if you use this more, I will pay for a subscription and that means you can leave longer messages. So... Um, what am I trying to say to you? If you can squeeze your message into a minute and a half, do it. If not, leave me two voice messages and I can just, just edit them together or I can pay the money. There it is. I'm always talking about the outgoings of podcasting. Nothing comes for free in this life, unfortunately, as my dad likes to remind me. Nothing's ever bloody free. Actually, one of his favorite sayings is, oh, if you have to ask, you can't afford love saying that if something, if there's not a price tag on something in a shop, that's his solution. Anyway, I digress. I received a wonderful voice message from Victoria, which I'm going to play right now. Alicia, one, I love your podcast. This is Victoria Medley. Um, I loved your photo podcast episode. I just tried to find a wedding photographer for my destination wedding in Charleston. It was an ordeal because we were having a hard time finding personality and um, photo you know, not quality, but style that, um, was compatible with us. And, um, your episode was really, really helpful, but also I think really important for other users because it is important to value the creative people in your wedding planning process and to know that they deserve to be paid and not to try to haggle them just because, you may think it's a quote unquote real job. Um, our photographer, luckily, because we had an off season Sunday wedding and because he loved our wedding planner and because we're having a lot of secret nerd touches in our wedding, um, he was really into it. And because I straight out said to him, do not compromise your art. If you cannot work within our budget, we completely understand. Please recommend, um, anyone that you think you know, would be more fitting for a budget, but he decided that he wanted to make it work for us. And we're just really lucky that, you know, we were able to get that done. So I definitely recommend being completely honest and upfront with your creative professionals and be flexible, give them creative control. And yeah, I think it fit. How gorgeous is Victoria and how wonderful is she for taking the initiative to be honest and open with her photographer and she won. She came out on top and he came out on top because I'm sure like she mentioned that she has a couple of, I love that she says sort of nerdy details and when she says that, and this is an excellent point Victoria, you get 100 gold stars for mentioning this. If you were doing something unique different. And as she said in uh, Laura Babb's photography two-part interview, Laura mentioned this a few times. That is episode 99 and 101. If you haven't listened to it yet, get onto it. They're great. But photographers really trade off being able to photograph something different and new. So if you're going to have unicorns at your wedding, tell the photographer. Because like Victoria just said then, the photographer that 
eventually has taken on her business, probably saw something magic. And also she was just a cool chick saying, hey, I realize you have artistic integrity. I respect that. So if you can't do it, can you just recommend someone that can? I think that is massive kudos to you, Victoria, for being honest and open. But also I'm sure you're offering this photographer something that perhaps he or she hasn't done before. And when it comes to submitting photographs to blogs and BuzzFeed and uh, wedding magazines and also just for their portfolio, a lot of photographers like to be able to say, hey, I photographed a Smurf wedding or this wedding took place on the side of a cliff. Now, it doesn't have to be dramatic like that. You could just be saying, I really, look here, I'm always pushing for this. I love Seinfeld. Would we're going to have a Seinfeld wedding or we're going to have a Seinfeld themed dessert table or something crazy that the photographer goes, actually, you're inspiring. I've never photographed something like that before, or that's a detail I haven't used. Or like Laura Babb said, that's a venue I've been killing to get to and photograph. I really want to get in with those, the venue uh, vendors. Perhaps they own 10 venues and they're really good word of mouth people. You just need to really converse with your vendors and get to the crux of what they want from the relationship, as well as obviously your money and the chance to work with you, which is wonderful. Perhaps there's some sort of some sort of hidden catch that you can really latch onto and get the best deal possible. I also have to say a big thank you to Victoria for acknowledging artistic integrity and creative people and how it is really worth paying people for their work. I am a part of a, a freelance um, Facebook group, which is called uh, I Won't Work For Free. And it's a great group that basically just sends, they, they post sort of naming and shaming letters and emails from really big organizations who are asking creative folk, that is designers, photographers, performance artists, people that have put a lot of energy into honing in their skills, being professional and the best in their business. Yet these big companies still sort of write to them and say, hello, Jane, I realize you're a graphic designer with 23 years experience, but we think it'd be really good for you to come and work for us for free. It'd be great exposure. To that, we all say get fucked because exposure don't pay the bills. Exposure doesn't write checks. Yes, it can be wonderful to be featured on a certain blog or a certain podcast or certain uh, publication or a TV show, but it's not like once your you know graphic design skills are posted on a, ma a massive website that the people are like, excuse me, can we give you money? <laughs> it doesn't happen like that. So thank you, Victoria, for your message and for really understanding that it's hard sometimes as a creative person to ask for money. And I always bring it back to the idea to say, listen, you pay an accountant, you would pay a lawyer, you pay an office administrator. Why is it any different to paying a photographer, a podcast host, a <laughs> like how I just snuck that one in there, a graphic designer, a comedian, someone that's doing something for you for your wedding or a website design or something. So I think we really need to adjust our attitudes when it comes to helping people and freelancers and creatives actually earn a buck. Now, I'm not saying that it's always going to be fair and easy but it's lovely that you have that attitude. So thank you so much. And thanks for leaving the message. It's great to hear your voice. And I really hope the more messages I play and share, the more people that will leave a message, visit savethedatepodcast.com and you'll see at the top, it just says connect. 
and click the button and that's where you email me and you can also leave the voice message. It doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to use a radio voice, although if you did, it'd probably be quite weird, but also amusing. You can uh, say whatever you want. If you want to change your name, do it. Use a funny accent, fine. I don't care. Just share with me. This is the end of the show. Don't leave yet. I'm still talking. (laughs) Sounds like my mother. Now, I want to thank you very much for listening. If you uh, would like to get in touch, visit savethedatepodcast.com. Leave a review. I'm very much enjoying your iTunes reviews. They make a really big difference to my little weird techie part of the world. And if you'd like to support the show, I appreciate that too. Thank you very much to everyone who is purchasing T-shirts and totes. And uh, I must remind you, if you're going to do that, please share on social media. Tag me in. I'd love to see you wearing it. Gives me little, little thrills. Big thrills, actually. All right. Until next episode, happy days. For today's show notes, discount links, and more, visit savethedatepodcast.com.